This is Reese Davis, and you're listening to the Galloway Podcast. Galloway Podcast, episode 69. I'm your host, William Galloway. Today is Tuesday, March 16th, 2021. You can follow me on Twitter at WM underscore Galloway. You can check out the Galloway Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, as well as SoundCloud. Before we proceed, we want to give you a heads up. Today's episode is sponsored by WD Marketing Group. WD Marketing Group is a Tuscaloosa, Alabama-based marketing firm focused on helping small and local businesses with all their digital, social media, and traditional marketing needs. WDMG has helped clients in a wide variety of industries surpass sales and growth goals while maintaining true brand identity for the client. Your business is too valuable not to market. Let us help you. You can find WD Marketing Group on the web at www.wdmarketinggroup.com or by phone at 904-868-6038. That's www.wdmarketinggroup.com or on phone 904-868-6038. You can use WD Marketing Firm. I highly recommend it. They've printed multiple Galloway podcast products. Your game day stickers, if you had one of those, come straight from WD Marketing Group. Check them out. It's my friends at WD Marketing Group. And on today's episode, as I mentioned, we're talking with Hunter Johnson, all things Crimson Tide Hoops, March Madness, etc. That's coming up in a minute. We'll start briefly with what's new, just kind of addressing the Alabama SEC Championship. We'll talk to Hunter. We have an extended conversation with him, and then we'll go around Alabama athletics. So to kick things off, just briefly, Alabama won its seventh SEC tournament championship for men's basketball this past weekend in nashville the crimson tide defeated mississippi state blew out mississippi state on friday they defeated tennessee in the semifinal round and then had a close one with lsu that went down to the wire picking up the 80 to 79 win over will wade and his tigers we'll talk about that that's really all we have for what's new because we really cover a lot of branches in our conversation with Hunter Johnson. So we'll go ahead and kick it over to that. The Galloway Podcast, episode 69, presented by WD Marketing Group. I'm joined now on episode 69 of the Galloway Podcast with Hunter Johnson. Hunter, you've been on the podcast before. Uh, I think it's been over a year, but it's good to have you on again. A great time to talk to you because Tide Hoops is rolling into March Madness. You were there this weekend in Nashville. First of all, how are you? How was Nashville? Fill us in. I'm doing well. It's actually been over two years. I went back and looked. It was like in January of uh, 2019. So like a lot has changed um, with our basketball program, uh, with everything. You actually like look like, you know, a college student now. Back then you really didn't. Barely, barely. Yeah. Um, yeah, things are going good. My voice is not at 100%, but that is also what uh, saying it past midnight, three straight nights in Nashville and yelling at basketball games will do to you but other than that I'm, I'm, I'm doing very well well you were yelling from a distance but I also saw you were yelling in luxury uh setting up in a box tell me about that I mean it was fun uh, I have a buddy who lives in Nashville a big Bama Hoops fan um, we went to Kentucky together last year uh, to Lexington for the game and up until last week I didn't have a ticket and I didn't know how tough it, I mean I figured I'd, I'd find a way I'm typically pretty good at finding a way but uh 
texted him and he was like, yeah, I think I should have us something. And I just figured we'd have regular seats. And next thing I know, like Saturday and Sunday, we're sitting in a box and it was kind of tough on, on Saturday. It was like majority Tennessee fans. Um, but so we kind of sucked for a minute, uh, but it ended up working out. Okay. And then we, we were, double like, up and ourselves you and get, you get golf on the, uh, on the TV. So you're yeah, during double, your media timeouts. Being able to have the golf on. Yeah. But not tweeting about golf, of course, because we be. don't do that. Did you see that the uh, Aaron Jordan on the men's golf today tweeted about not tweeting about golf? No way, I did. I missed. That. Did you see that? Yes, I think it was. Um, I don't know which one of our guys had a lead or was having an incredible day, and he said Her was on fifty nine watch. He was like eight under through ten or eleven. Yeah, he ended up I think shooting eight under though. He finished even for the rest of it, but like still, I mean, sixty four is a great round. But yeah, he was on 59 watch. So I guess he's adopted the Hunter L. Johnson Bama Pro updates. Don't tweet about golf thing. Yeah, but good good for him. He was uh, Aaron's up there quarantining. I think today was their quarantine day in Indianapolis. So uh, he's having extensive golf coverage there. But Hunter, want to talk hoops with you? Obviously, uh, you talked about being in the game in Nashville this weekend. The games plural. Did you go to any other games besides Alabama? Were y'all's ticket stubs good for that? I went to every game. Um, or Friday, Saturday, Sunday, um, and those the late the night games on Friday were outstanding basketball games. Uh, you had um, Missouri, Arkansas, and LSU, Ole Miss. Both came down to the wire. Were really, really good basketball games. Um, every game other than the uh, Mississippi State Kentucky game on Thursday was chalk up until um, Saturday. The only two games that didn't go chalk which by chalk, I mean, like, the predicted team, the higher C1, was the uh, Mississippi State-Kentucky game and the LSU-Arkansas game. But they were still, like, great games. I thought it was a phenomenal tournament, um, really exciting tournament. And when you finish it off with a championship game like that, it just makes it even better. I mean, I, I think the most exciting SEC tournament final since probably 1995. I was uh, I was not around for that one, but <laughs> I can uh, I'll take your word for it. I mean, I was I was like nine, but uh, I mean, I I, I kind of remember. And then you also you you hear what other people say, like you know, I have I don't remember Elliot Washington hitting uh, the three against Arkansas in 1992, but yet I've heard like so many people talk about it, and, like they talk about what an epic game that was. So I feel like that's kind of like with 90 of my lifetime though. Um, it's the best final that I've seen. And I know there's been some that have been closer. Like there was that, I think, Kentucky-Mississippi State in like 2011 or 2010 that was really good. Like the, the ending was good. But it wasn't a great basketball game. This game was so good because, you know, both sides were just going runs. And every time Alabama, it seemed like we'd get, get it to five or six, LSU had an answer. And then they'd be back up to like it was just like body blows at the body blows. No, no lead was safe, and that's that's one thing is the pace was fast. It was up and down. Alabama got to that 80-point mark, and, of course, they're undefeated when they surpass 80 points on the year. I mean, it makes sense. The more you score, the more you win. But um, Alabama's a team, I think, that averaged last year was like, what, 84, 85, and still, you know, was just a little bit above 500. But this year, when they get to that mark, they're playing really well. As far as that LSU game, I mean, Watford had 30. He was guarded by almost every Bama player on the floor at some point. Um, we don't have to sit here and talk about him, but offensively for Alabama. I know you want to talk about your boy. It was a, you know, I think the last. Man, I thought he, I thought he played great. Like, I thought he played maybe the best game of his career. Um, in, a, in, a, in a game that had a lot of emotion from several aspects, from the fact that just that 
Trendon's from Alabama, and we were number two for him. To the fact that every you know every time he caught the ball, he was getting booed because it was probably yeah. a ninety ten crowd up there. Uh, there were very few LSU fans, and so he's getting booed. And then when you have happens pregame between you know just both teams. And, and did you see that? I mean, were you watching golf? Were you watching? I was watching, and I was like shocked because I've never seen Antoine Petway react like that to me. Somebody said something. I don't know who it was. I don't think it was Bill Armstrong. I think it might have been Tasman Mitchell. Uh, but somebody said something. To, the way it started, from what I have heard, was that uh, somebody, one of their assistants said something to Pet. I'm sorry, to Petty. And Petway was pretty much like, mind your own damn business. And um, that guy then said something to Antoine that caused Antoine, yeah, I've got my shirt. Um, there it is. Yeah, Antoine looking good. Antoine to cause him to just, and he was livid. Like, I've never seen Pet like that. It was like, I mean, it was kind of like, you're in one sense where you knew nothing was really going to go down. Like these guys know each other, but it was still like, it was kind of like excited. Like, yeah, let's freaking go. Like, let's do this. But I think that you saw that Alabama comes out with that eight Oh run to start the game. And a lot of that I'm sure was emotion, but then boom, LSU bounces right back. So even like from, you know, 30 minutes or tip, like the body blows were starting. Yeah, and I'm not going to sit here and say that, oh, that coach has got to control his emotions at all times. Like, it's the SEC championship. It's the team that LSU hasn't beaten at all this year um, in conference play. Got embarrassed at home against. And so, obviously, there's a lot on the line for them. And, yeah, they're going to get into the tournament either way, but they want to get that win. They want to get a little bit higher seed, which I'm kind of surprised they they were, uh, I don't want to say as low as an eight seed, but I was expecting maybe a, probably a seven, maybe a six out of LSU. Seven. With that, I mean, with that performance. But a lot of times, you're you're already locked in by Championship Sunday. Now, if that game happens on Saturday, who knows? All right, so let's let's get to uh, we'll get to the bracket here in a second. But talking about the game offensively for Alabama, I mean, you had Quinterly win Most Outstanding Player, Most Valuable Player. He was spectacular all weekend. What stood out to you about Quinterly? Because obviously he had the COVID issues, but then he really shined and is the player and was the player this weekend that we all kind of knew he could be for Alabama. I think we're gonna look back in like five or two or three five years and be like, Quinterly was the best player on this team. Um, he does more. He does things that nobody else can do. And when we, when you play this five out style of offense, having a guy who can attack the rim is so so important. Um, and he can do that better than really many. I mean, I haven't seen anybody that can finish at the rim the way that he can. Um, and he's finally like you. Know, you talked about the COVID issue. I think that probably hurt his development throughout the season, but now that he, I mean, he's just like, he's in his own right now. And I think this is the player that we all thought that we were getting, you know, because when I remember hearing last year during scrimmages, this is even before, like, we found out that he was not going to be eligible, hearing about, like, yeah, and you'd hear that, yeah, Quinterly was the best player in practice. Quinterly put up 30 in the scrimmage. Um, and we're finally seeing that. Because I also remember, like, back in, you know, the early, the Grant era, when I would hear, like, oh, Michael Kessens, he's the, the transfer. He's the best player in practice and in, in scrimmage. And then, like, you know, he was like fine. And you hear a lot of things like, well, Reese had a really good day in practice or somebody else, Gary was, you know, hitting threes in practice. Well, Gary doesn't really shoot threes. You know, Reese hasn't – I can't point to a game this year where he's been the best player on the floor for Alabama. He's been a solid contributor. Um, but it is, you know, it is different. And I think – because I, I would hear too that he was better than Kyra. Maybe not all days, but a lot of days and possibly most days. 
now granted he's not going out there on the floor this is going back to last year he's not getting beat up day in and day, game in game out um which Kyra had going for him but and he is special the load that Kyra did during games like he was able to you know just play free in practice whereas Kyra was like playing 38 minutes a game and him being our offense if if JQ has and let's say you know there is men there is few as one as many as six games left for Alabama let's take the average and say three if JQ has three games in the tournament like he had this past weekend does that do enough for him to get him eligible for the draft he's eligible but a possible pick do you think I think he's I think he's staying one more year no matter what I don't I don't think that he's ready to go there yet I think he's especially with his brother being here now um I think I think we're pretty safe with JQ. No, if it if if he has such a great NCAA tournament that he gets to this draft stock to the point where he's like you know a late first round, which I don't think I haven't seen him really on any boards. That'd be really hard um, to do too. But like if he did that, like great, then that means that you know what that means probably we go to the Final Four and he's catching so much attention because we're making a Final Four appearance. So yeah, hell yeah, that, that sounds awesome. I'll take it. So to get to the final four, let's jump to the bracket now. I don't know if you have one in front of you. First of all, do you do a you do a bracket? Um, yeah, I'll do one. Um, I I guess it just I guess it just feels so long since we've done one because there wasn't one last year. Um, yeah, I always do one, and I'm I'm all when Alabama is involved, which you know, let's be honest, has not always hasn't been always. Um, I'm always worried about like how far do I pick us? Like, if I pick us to lose, am I jinxing us? my biggest win of my jinx in us so but it's so weird i don't know how much you've been keeping up with it today well you're a sexy pick for the final four. Oh yeah probabilities I, possibilities I to get there 50 percent of the media has us in the final four it's a it's a perfect storm because they're not in gonzaga's bracket and i will say that i don't think gonzaga is all that they're made out to be they're very good they've had a fantastic year baylor's lost two games late in the season Illinois is playing arguably the best basketball in the country right now. And so to be in Michigan's side, and obviously Michigan's a very good team too, but Alabama, I think they're in a perfect position to get to that final four spot. And they have that weakest number four or they are, yeah, Michigan's number four, that weakest number one seed. I feel good. I like the draw. Um, the, I wanted to be in Michigan's side. You know, they've got a guy out who knows if he's going to be back in time. Uh, I did not, you know, two weeks ago, I would have said that I did not want Michigan, but I wanted to be in Illinois. That, that's kind of changed now. Illinois is playing really, really good basketball. Um, the only thing, so I, when I got the draw, I really liked it. Um, I, I, I'm not really worried about Iona, which if, if that ends up, something ends up happening there, you can just clip this and send it to Old Taste Exposed. Um, but uh, I'm not We'll put really both of ourselves that. on blast. I'll, I'll say I'm not worried about him either. Okay, yeah. Um, UConn is concerned. Uh, yeah, they're number 16 in Kempom. They're better, according to Kempom, they're better than Arkansas. They're better than anybody else in the SEC. So that's kind of concerning. And Arkansas, I'll say this, I'll add in to, I, I didn't want to play Arkansas. I wanted to play LSU partially because of the way we played them. Right. And that turned out to be whatever. But, okay, so you talk about UConn. What about Texas? I mean, because a lot of people, like you were saying, a lot of media is saying Bama – probability very high to go to the final four but texas is also one of the hottest teams in the country right now i think they're good but i also like don't know if they even win their conference title or conference uh tournament if not for kansas having covid issues so like i mean i think they're good but i wouldn't say like 
they're you know great. I mean, this is the same team that lost to Villanova at home. Um, you know, and they lost see five games in in a good league, probably the second best league. Um, but like, I still they they have a pretty good big. Um, I can't remember what his name is. Um, Dr- Greg Brown. They have a pretty good big. And so here's here's the thing that kind of concerns me about us moving forward. Bruner is not at 100%. Nowhere close. Um, so he's going to play some, but I, I I don't see us being able to play him more than 15 minutes a game. It's going to be more Gary, more Reese, and probably some Jimmy Basketball, James Rojas. Um, hopefully more, hopefully Gary for 30 minutes if, if he can stay out of foul trouble. But um, the, what's going to concern me is if we go up against a team that has a big that is quick and skilled, like a Luka Garza type. But the problem is those guys don't grow in trees. There's not a ton of those guys. Yeah, there's but, only a handful in the league. Right. But Greg Brown is kind of kind of concerned. He's 6'9", 205, um, can step out and shoot threes too. That, that, that makes them kind of concerning. But um, that would be a Sweet 16 game. We'd have a week off to prepare. It'd be different. It'd be different if we were having if we were playing them, you know, 48 hours after another game. But the fact that we'd have time to prepare, I would feel better about that. I don't think Shaka Smart's a great coach. So, I, like, I would feel confident about, like, Charlie. And, him and why is that? Coming together to figure something out defensively. And why do you say that about Shaka? I don't know. I just, like, he's just never, like, schematically impressed me. Is it the hair now? Now that he has hair, you're, not, hair. you're not about I it? It's a good, I don't think uh, it's good. It's kind of the Trey Young type, you know, We'll just we can be polite here and just say we don't like it. It's not as bad as Alex Reese's hair was. Uh, keeping it in the east portion of the tournament, you look towards the top in Michigan's kind of quarter of the bracket. LSU was it? Were you surprised to see LSU in and Alabama in the same region, so to speak? After not, not surprised to see us in the same, more so surprised to see LSU at the eight. Um, I thought they could have been a seven. And obviously, if they would have been a seven, they would not have been in our bracket. Like, I mean, you're going to have teams in the same bracket, like from the same conference. Um, but, like, if LSU plays like they did yesterday, uh, they could beat Michigan. Yeah. I, I, by that same token, this is also the most up and one of the most up and down teams in the country. They could totally lose to St. Bonaventure. Oh, absolutely. St. Bonaventure has been a very popular pick. I've even seen them in some, like, in the Elite Eight in some brackets. Nate Oates said tonight, teams that don't play well in the tournament, I don't know if you're listening to Hey Coach, um, but he was saying they don't play well in the tournament because they're tight or they're not prepared or they're just kind of a head case. And I could definitely see that LSU team full of tons of talent that doesn't always really play together, playing really uptight, trying to play up to the moment, not really going to the game plan. Um, St. Bonaventure is a team to keep an eye on, but I want to ask you, Hunter, about an upset. Real quick about LSU. I've said all year that I felt like every time that they would get any type of adversity, they would fold. And generally, that was the case. But yesterday, every time, like, like we talked about, every time Bama, like, made a you – know, got it to the five or six and looked like could run away with it, they bounced back. So, like, I was super impressed by that. And that kind of made, gave me, like, you know, maybe they're not the mentally weak team that I've been saying they were all year. And so that that kind of makes me think about them going into the tournament a little bit better about their chances. 
We'll have to see. We'll have to see. I want to ask you about uh, underdogs. Do you have your eye on a certain team? Because I, I really like Colgate as a 14, and partially because I think I saw Billis say this last night on ESPN. They've only played uh, 15 games this year. They're 14-1. and one. That matchup against Arkansas and the South region really is intriguing to me. I'd made two brackets. One of them I have Colgate going to the Sweet 16 uh, and beating, I think it's Texas Tech in that round of 32 game. But do you have a team like Colgate or an upset team you might think could make a Sweet 16 run? I mean, I was really hoping that Loyola Chicago did not get a seven seed because I was very, very, very worried about playing them. Um, I think that they could they could beat Illinois um, in that in that one eight game. So that that's kind of like I was you actually stole mine. I really like the Colgate pick too. Um, I also like I also like UC Santa Barbara over our main basketball rival Creighton. Creighton. Um, they, they're UC Santa Barbara is the banana slugs, right? That's the school in California. I think they're the Gauchos. Gauchos, something. Somebody in California is the banana slugs. Hold up, I'm looking real quick. This is okay. scintillating uh, podcast right here. Another, another, while you look that up, another team I have my eye on is Clemson. I haven't yeah, seen anything. Gauchos? Okay, yeah. still cool. What is a gaucho? I, have not I don't know. But it's fine. I don't have to know. It's not on a test. Did you we not don't do tests here. Uh, I did it in ninth and 10th grade. I only needed two years to graduate. Years ago. My brother – no, no, no. I'm a senior. I'm 22 years old. Like, I'm not – I mean, I got an excuse. I took Spanish at Central Tuscaloosa High School, which was the decent academic program, not the academics of a mountain brook. Um, and it was like – I'm doing math here. It's 20 years ago, Bill. My – okay, my brother took – Remember. My brother took – 20 years ago, I was two years old. My brother took all the Spanish – he majored in Spanish at Birmingham Southern. So for me here. I took <laughs> – I took his uh, his sports knowledge, and he took my Spanish knowledge. Okay. Um, but another team, Clemson. Have you kept up with Clemson? And I'm not going to sit here and point teams all out the bracket. We're not going to do this for 40 minutes, but just quick question here for you. I haven't seen them since they played Alabama, and obviously defensively they're really sound. I think they could upset Houston. I know that's kind of a long shot, but I've got my eye on them as well. No, I can totally see that. I mean, there was a time where they were a top-10 Kimpong team. They were playing as good as any team in the country. Um, but they all that and that was at the beginning of the year, and then they hit that lull where they lose, um, they lost four out of five early in SEC or ACC play, and then won their next five over a pretty decent competition. So, yeah, I could see that they didn't look good in the losing to Miami in the conference tournament, uh, so they're not really on, on an upswing, but yeah, I could see that possibly. When you look at this Bama-Iona matchup, they had that seven-week hiatus. What do you expect out of Iona? Because we both said that we're not worried about them, but it is a Rick Patino coach team, and Nate Oates has never gone up against uh, Patino in his life before. I mean, first of all, the fact they didn't play from December 23rd to February 12th, like, I get if you have a COVID issue, like, you want to address it. But, like, how do you not, like, quarantine the guys who have been exposed and, like, get over that shit in, like, two weeks? Like, I don't understand. Also, I don't know if I can say shit on here or not. Um, you can edit that out if you need to. But I don't understand, like, how you don't get, like, get past that. Like, how do you go that? You have six weeks or more over six weeks. At, I think it's the way that the conferences ran their testing because I think, like, in the SOCON, if one person had a positive test, 
then the whole program shut down. Like I know that's what happened with Sanford. And if in the SEC, if one person has COVID, they'll either call it a medical illness or they'll call it COVID and the person will isolate and they'll be fine. It kind of goes back to, you know, do we really know what in the world is going on right now? Probably not, but we're just going to roll with it. Let's, we'll just play some basketball. Uh, I want to ask you about Hinkle Fieldhouse Wait, tournament in a bubble. I about Iona yet, though. Okay, okay. All right. Slow. They play slow. Um, at least, I mean, everybody pretty much plays slower than we do, but they're not like, they're not some team that's going to try to run up and down with us. And, the, and, the and Patino down. said yesterday on ESPN, he was like, yeah, I mean, we're not going to, we're going to try and keep up with them. We don't obviously play at their pace. And it almost sounded like a concession speech on ESPN before they even play the game. And he also said that Billy Donovan ain't walking through that door, which is obviously a reference to the 1987 Sweet 16 game against when Bama played Providence when Rick Pitino was the coach there, which I'm trying to decide with my, with my walking through that door tweet, do I go Iona players, which I feel like that's going to be a very, very small bucket to go for. I thought about just going for people who have played for Rick Pitino in college. You could do uh, – Or just like, famous people who went to Iona. There are some like alum – they have some like semi-famous. You could do some alums. You got to include if you do – people he coached you got to find some random you got to go to john graham and you got to find some random guy that played for his team in greece okay, and include so, him yeah, that's a good idea it's a very good idea maybe maybe like you know pick like a greek god or something just and associate and affiliate that with his greek team well i am really excited about being in indianapolis and um making some like you know there's only gonna be like 1700 people in hinkle and and that place it, it echoes a lot like if you yell something He's going to hear it and make some make a few Porcini's comments. Yikes. Sorry if this is a family podcast, but, I mean, it was just public record. You no, know, what happened happened, and uh, you, can't, you can't fix the past. Um, it, it, but I really have been to Porcini's. It is very, very good. Like, I'm not – I won't be lying when I say – when I yell out, like, hey, love Porcini's, Rick. Like, I won't I, I mean, I ate at Glory Bound the other day, so, you know. Glory Bound's great. No, I mean, I hate to give free ads here, but, no, I love Glory Bound. It's outstanding. Yeah, their um, Buffalo Soldier chicken pizza is very good, but I haven't had that. I normally just go with the Euro. Oh, oh, Buffalo chicken pizza! I had that in my fridge the other day. I picked it up. I went in my fridge. It was Sunday morning, and I was like, "Hmm, what can I get for breakfast?" Nothing, of course, because I didn't have anything. But I saw there was leftover pizza from like Thursday, and I threw that out. Uh, but anyways, you know how to cook breakfast? No, I don't have a kitchen here. Really? Yeah, I live in the ATO house. We did, a, we did a Zoom call with uh, – well, I do all of them from here, but Nate Oates was – it was like the very beginning of last fall. Before the season started, he was going through. He, like, looked at different reporters. He was like, oh, I like that painting on your wall. I like that. And he looks at me and he goes, William, you obviously don't have an interior decorator. Your clothes are all over the room. Like, this is a mess. I was like, well, I'm a senior in college. Like, what do you expect? And he goes, well, I'm trying to think. I think have to get in you some- the old ATO house, there was, like, a – you wouldn't have been able to see the clothes in the background because it was like a, a cinder block wall, like, like a divider yeah. kind of. So you wouldn't have been able to see all your. No, the loft is the loft is great. It uh enhances space. Oh, you get so I've much got, more space out of it. I've got a nice little hat rack where I store my Galloway podcast hats and stuff. Which I great. don't have one. Yeah, yeah, twenty dollars, twenty dollars. I mean, I'm literally a guest. I'm literally a guest in your podcast, and I don't get a freaking hat. Like you've got to be good. You know what? I, I owe you. I owe you from uh, the ride to Starkville last spring. That was not a fun ride, especially because we lost in the hump. Right. 
but we hope to not lose in Hinkle Fieldhouse. Like you were saying, it's going to be like 700 people. I'm hoping I can get 1700, a ticket. 1700. 17, oh, 1700. All right. That's, have you been there before? That's a little better. No, but uh, I saw a tweet where it said it's talked about I it's, today. Like, I'm not just on Twitter all day. Oh, I know. I, I, I was doing my sociology 101 homework today. Um, if you merge uh, Memorial and Coleman, I feel like that's exactly what, and paint it blue. That's what you, you get. Look at the layout, it's exactly like Coleman. From uh, yeah. you know, because it's. It, I mean, if you look at outside at it, you think the arena is going to run one way, but it runs the other way. Um, really, really cool place. I've been there multiple times. I've never seen a basketball game there though. Um, and what, so when, like, what? Obviously, they use it for other stuff, but what have you been there I for? Just, I went in. I've been into tour it twice. I just wanted to see it. In 2006, when I was the March Madness president, we played basketball at Notre Dame, and we took about 30 students up there. We had an expense account that I was able to use to, like, fund these trips. And so I got these 30 students. We spent the night in Bloomington, drove to Bloomington, spent the night, um, and, you know, got us hotel rooms and everything. Had us a tour of Assembly Hall that morning. I took, this, I took it seriously. Then we went to Indianapolis, had a tour of Field Fieldhouse, and then drove up to South Bend, where we got to be, even though you know, we're number it, three in the country. It would be nice if uh, Crimson Chaos could reimburse Luke for some mileage that he's been on, but also, like, the um, all the meals and the tour of gluttony. Like, I joined him at, uh, at Phil's in Louisiana. We ate together in uh, Arkansas. So, you know, at Herman's. You missed out on the Starkville tour of gluttony. If I – might have been his best one. That – it looked good. I, uh, I was here. That was my off day. And that was my, that was the first off weekend I had all senior year. That was fun. It was a nice day outside in Tuscaloosa. Um, and we clinched the SEC. They announced that they were going to have games at Hinkle. First of all, I was like, man, I hope we make the tournament. (laughs) And then I'm like, man, if we made the tournament, it would be so cool to watch Alabama play basketball in in Hinkle. I was actually talking to Cecil about it. Uh, yesterday morning, oh, man, if we, I really hope we play at Hinkle. And then he – I had not been on Twitter, and he called me, like, right as it was announced, like, we're playing at Hinkle. So I was, like, so excited. It'll be fun. I'm hoping I can get um, – if one of the Britton Johnson siblings does not want to go, I can go up on Monday, uh, assuming we beat Iona, and they're not a problem like we talked about. Um, so might drive through the night on Sunday to get there if, saw, if possible. I saw Jay so. this weekend. Was he uh, sporting his red? Yeah, of course. Oh yeah, they're uh, they're loyal, very. Loyal. And Jay's been, I think, almost everywhere, except like Missouri, Oklahoma. Like I he's hung out with him in Lexington. Were you in Lexington last year? Yeah, no, that was that was the one on where trip. we we you know, like Jay ride with y'all. I rode with him. Yeah, okay. no, and he was scared that he was going to have nothing to talk to a college student about for six hours from Birmingham to Lexington, and. We didn't stop talking. It was a great conversation. And then we met you at what was the what was the bar that night? It was some Irish bar. It was great though. I really liked it. It was really it. cool. And then we left at like twelve fifteen and Jay looked at me, he goes, I haven't been up this late in twenty five years. This is fun. You gotta come on more trips with me, William. I was like, Sounds good. Let me know. So Yeah. That was a fun that was a fun night. The the game and all the turnovers from Beetle Bolden the next day were not as fun. But oh, then mid, they mid range jumpered us to death that day. It was Nick Richards, right? Who just went yeah, off. Which is like, like, I mean, he was, it was ridiculous. Yeah. Not, and we didn't mm, shoot well. Yeah. Beetle, yeah. Beetle did not have a good game. 
Um, yeah, we didn't shoot well, and they like were just making every mid range shot. The Beatles family was there because he was from they Kentucky, right? They were they were right. Yeah, I think you were sitting down the row from me, and their whole like his whole family had like two rows. They had all like the players' tickets, and it was tough because it was so frustrating. Like you wanted to, you know, get mad at the player and be like, "Why are you doing that?" And don't stop turning the ball over, whatever. But then, like, his grandmother, his sister, his mom, his cousins. The only time they got to watch him play while yeah. he was in Alabama. That was – I know it was a really cool experience, though. I'd never been to Rupp. That was awesome. Oh, Rupp's great. Dude, my first time at Rupp was 2006, and um, we went up there and won. It's rare that people get to say, like, yeah, the first time I went to Rupp, I got to see Alabama win. Now, obviously, I haven't gotten to see us do it since, but I look forward to doing that again. Couldn't make the uh, Tuesday night trip this year, or no? It was College. I made them. I mean, in two thousand seven. Let's see, two thousand six, two thousand seven, two thousand eight. I didn't miss an SEC game, and some of those, you know, we do, did South Carolina on a Tuesday night, did Baton Rouge on a Tuesday night, like, and that's a rough. And it was back in back in town for class or work the next morning. That's not not easy. I, I zoomed. It's been nice this semester having a lot of classes on zoom because I've zoomed into a class and the teacher's like, where are you? And then I was like, uh, well, I'm about two hours outside of Fayetteville, not an hour away from Little Rock. I don't know where I am. And they'd be like, oh, okay. I was like, I was at the game last night. Sorry. We lost. It, it wasn't worth it. That whatever. Great. That would have been great back then. Yeah. yeah. I've skipped tennis class after the game and not having to like immediately drive back. Well, I'm in seven hours right now, and so, like, I skipped tennis class. The teacher was like, where are you? I was like, I was going to Baton Rouge. Like, we, we, did you see us last night? We hit, like, 23 threes. That's way better than being in tennis class. They get you out of it? No. I still have to go to a makeup day here in a couple of weeks and get my five points back, but I let, I let my play do the talking, you know. It is what it is. Yeah, you are from Mountain Brook. I imagine you are good at tennis. Or golf. I, golf. I've golf. Swung, golf. swung a racket once or twice. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, Want to ask you here one last question. Let's talk about Nate Oates' contract extension because his name came up today for that Indiana job, which was just absolute rat poison. I mean, he's not going anywhere. He signed a contract extension. Everybody want to bring. It's interesting though how it came out that they had one booster who paid the entire buyout. Because one of the things we always say when these basketball schools talk about like, oh, they're going to hire Nate Oates. Most of these places don't have the money. They don't generate the revenue that Alabama's athletic department does. So we don't have to worry about the money thing. Um, with Indiana, they're nowhere close to the revenue generation. Um, but the fact they had a booster who was like, yeah, I'll pay $10 million to buy out Archie Miller, that's pretty impressive. But I don't think – I think one can, – Can he pay me like a million dollars just – I'll go work for him. Yeah, I would pretty much do anything. I'll, I'll sell tractors. I'll, whatever he needs me to do, I'll do it for a year for a million dollars. I bet you'd be a great tractor salesman, William. This tractor's green. It's got big wheels and uh, get give a nice little wow, slap. Fields with this old bad boy over here. <laughs> you can get the job done with this bad boy. Um, but no, I, um, I don't think Nate's going anywhere. And I, obviously, the the contract extension solidifies that. But if you listen to any of the other interviews that he's done, um. He talks about the one, the best interview that I've heard with him, other than obviously the one that we did on the Bama beat back in March, and the one that you did with him, obviously, would be the one that he did with uh, Jeff Goodman and Robbie Humble. I thought I mean, he was on there for like an hour, and I thought he gave some really good insight and talked about how he kind of likes being at a basketball, I'm sorry, at a football school, or as he called it yesterday, a championship school. 
but how he likes how like, he can like kind of fly under the radar a little bit. He's not the main show in town. Um, and I think he just likes like kind of the values of the South. He likes the weather. So I don't really think we have much to worry about. When he's got everything he needs to, I always think about the story where he said at Buffalo that they would have to rent out gym time for his guys to go get extra shots up or when they were done with practice, then the gym was open to Buffalo students because they practiced at the rec. Um, you know, from being a high school coach at Romulus, going to Buffalo and then having everything that he has at Alabama now, he doesn't need UCLA. He doesn't need UNC. He doesn't need Indiana. This is it for him, I feel like. As you talk about those places, those places don't generate the revenue that we do either. Like yeah. Kentucky. goes back to your point. Like Kentucky fans think like they're, they, oh, we're, we're Kentucky. Like, like, we can pay NATOs more than Kentucky can. Like, they – they don't generate – like, their football program generates more than their basketball program does. And that's, that's the case everywhere. And these these Blue Bloods just it, have this, like, arrogance about them that they just think that, oh, we'll get them because of the name. But I don't think that's really how it is anymore. No. I, and Memphis, I think, is an exhibit A, especially when you look at the season they had. And as Hardaway's first year, they had all – the Wiseman, they had all those guys, and they just – crumbled they went down um and they're not traditionally maybe not one of the premier blue bloods but they've been a last 40 years power i would say but then again i mean alabama may not by definition be a blue blood but you look at the history and people are like well Alabama's not a basketball school yeah they are look at the 80s look at the 90s look at what wimp was able to do i mean 70s too 70s yeah um i mean the second the second most winning is program in the sec um but there's kind of just – there's something missing from there, and that's the Final Four. And this – And we'll see. That. We'll it's see. Let's – let's to, to making Alabama's – and once that once that happens, then people will look back and say, oh, Alabama actually used to be pretty good. They've finally got, like, that missing part of the resume that kind of brings it all together. Well, it goes back to, to – I tweeted this this year after football ended – when everybody was so bored on that first Saturday, there wasn't a national championship parade. They're like, oh, let's go to the basketball game. Oh, oh, we're actually pretty good. Oh, wait a second. We won the SEC regular season. Oh, we won the conference tournament. Holy cow, we're so – and it's like, if you were watching this team back in the end of November through December, like if you saw the way you're that we – No, I'm only going to say, if you're watching this team mid-December, you would have been a little upset. <laughs> After the yeah, Western but, Kentucky game. I mean, you knew – that even you though it wasn't pieces, all though. even before it wasn't tied together, you knew there was the talent, right? right? And the way that they were able to gut out the Furman win, and obviously didn't shoot well, didn't play very well in that mainland Maui Asheville tournament. Um, but you could ETSU win too. Yeah, you could you could see that there were kind of glimpses and sparks. Um, but it was once SEC play started that things just started to click. And that's that's it was the exact time. So and it, it took that moment for Petty to leave and all that. I want to ask you, wrapping up, Hunter here, if you had to pinpoint Alabama in the tournament, in all honesty, where they end up, what they can do, can they go to the Final Four? Can they win the national championship? Do you see them getting out in the Sweet Sixteen? What's realistic I don't for like Alabama? This question, man, because like I don't want to like. It's just like I was talking about with doing my bracket. Uh, I feel really good about our draw. And I think this can be a Final Four basketball team. That's not my expectation. I don't want anybody to think like – nobody should be thinking that, oh, this team has to make the Sweet 16. I've said this on like multiple things. But like, 
if this team this team has to make the the Sweet Sixteen in order for it to be a successful season? Absolutely not. This is already we could lose. Like it would stink to lose on Saturday to Iona, but like this should still be a very very successful season. We're gonna add two banners in Coleman. Um, like that's more than we've accomplished in a very very long time. Uh, but like you want to see the team get to the second the second weekend is is I would say the expectation. Um, but like I mean, I, I really feel like this team can can make it to the last weekend. I'm not saying I'm predicting it. I'm just saying I really think this team can. I, I agree. And I'm you can you can listen to the experts on the national networks and say Alabama, this probability that. But the way that they're able to win games, not having played a complete game on both sides of the ball in probably the last six, seven, maybe even eight games, going all the way back to that Arkansas loss. We're gonna shoot the ball at some point. And Petty's gonna Petty's yeah. gonna find his shot. Petty's gonna have I feel very strong that Petty's gonna have a good SEC tournament. So we won all the all three of those games, um, you know, in the Mississippi State game, we, we beat the absolute crap out of it. We still didn't shoot the ball that well and didn't really shoot the ball great against LSU, didn't shoot it great against um, Tennessee either. We're going we're gonna to have one of those games at some point. Because we'll defend. I mean, they'll defend right. if that's defense. the last thing they do. Ellis, right. Herb, I mean, those guys are going to get it done on the defensive side of the ball. But it's going to come together offensively, and we're going to see this offense perform like it did – like, you know, one of those LSU-Arkansas type games. If Alabama makes the Final Four, it's going to be because they didn't shoot well one game and had that stretch. They pulled it out within them to get those stops on defense, to hit shots down the stretch, whether or not it's a three, you know, making your free throws, forcing turnovers, doing all the right things. I'm going to go 94 feet because we need a bucket, and I might get it. Yeah. Like, put the team on his back. Well, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it, and I really appreciate you taking time on this Monday to join the podcast. We're going to wrap things up here, but hope yeah, to see you. It's past my bedtime. i got to go to sleep now. Yeah, old, old, men, old men go to bed uh, right yeah. about now. Um, but hope to see you in Indianapolis in that round of 32. Um, hopefully there's a ticket for me out there somewhere. But uh, really enjoyed this, as always, and looking forward to hopefully a long, successful March Madness run for the Tide. All right, thanks for having me, Will. And please, I'm going to shameless plug, please buy Wickles. And support WD Marketing. WD Marketing Group is a Tuscaloosa, Alabama-based marketing firm focused on helping small and local businesses with all their digital, social media, and traditional marketing needs. WDMG has helped clients in a wide variety of industries surpass sales and growth goals while maintaining true brand identity for the client. Your business is too valuable not to market. Let us help you. You can find WD Marketing Group on the web at www.wdmarketinggroup.com or by phone at 904-868-6038. That's www.wdmarketinggroup.com or on phone 904-868-6038. I hope you all enjoyed that interview with Hunter Johnson. Really enjoyed talking to him. We've got a lot of shared experiences now traveling the Southeastern Conference, watching Alabama basketball, and so always good to catch up with him, not only in person, but on the podcast as well. If you've got any feedback, hit me up on Twitter at WM underscore Galloway, and you can follow Hunter as well at Hunter L. Johnson. Moving on to Around Alabama Athletics now. We start with football, and we do have some news. Spring practice will start this Friday, March 19th. The Crimson Tide look to run it back and repeat as national champions. It all starts this Friday 
at spring practice. There will be a spring game, and the team will go about a normal spring like they would in any normal year because that's what they're preparing for. This upcoming season, Greg Byrne has said they want to have 100% capacity. They want to have it be as normal as possible and not have any hindrances stadium capacity-wise like they did in 2020. The women's basketball team is a seven seed in the NCAA women's basketball tournament. Congratulations to Christy Curry for the seven seed spot. They'll play North Carolina next Monday. I believe that's the 22nd. Yes, it is. And that's if Alabama is able to get to the round of if Alabama men's basketball is able to win their first game, the men and women will play both on the 22nd. The men will be in the second round. The women will be in the first round, as I mentioned, versus North Carolina. It's a great time to be an Alabama fan because this past weekend, Justin Thomas won the Players' Championship. That was his 14th PGA Tour win. Also, Alabama softball got a sweep at Auburn. Dominated. I mean, they absolutely rocked Auburn in every single game. The Crimson Tide are 22-1 and on the Diamond. SEC play got underway this past weekend. They'll have their SEC home opener this upcoming weekend, 19th, 20th, and 21st versus Tennessee. If you come out on Sunday afternoon at 1 p.m. to Road Stadium, you might hear a familiar voice on the PA. It might sound a little bit like this. And uh, Alabama baseball also is off to a strong start. Now they've got SEC play coming up. It's going to be really tough. They play at Arkansas, who's the number one team in the country. But Brad Bohannon has his guys sitting at 14-3 and right now. Unfortunately, Connor Prelip, left-handed pitcher for the Tide, is out. And right now it looks somewhat indefinitely due to injury, but we'll hopefully see him back. Brad Bohannon said on Monday in a press conference that he is hopeful that Prelip will be back, but Alabama needs him as soon as possible as they get ready for conference play this upcoming weekend. That's it for Around Alabama Athletics. I want to remind you that the Galloway Podcast Episode 69 is brought to you by WD Marketing Group. You can check out their website at www.wdmarketinggroup.com or you can contact them by phone 904 904- 868-6038. Once again, WD Marketing Group is a Tuscaloosa, Alabama-based marketing firm, and they can help you with all your local business, social, digital, and traditional marketing needs. www.wdmarketinggroup.com. Episode 69 of the Galloway Podcast, where there's the right way, there's the wrong way, and there's the Galloway.